0: Sunday, the rematch of the NFC Championship game and the Rams' home opener wasn't quite the battle we thought it would be. Cooper Cup dazzled. How did Cup do it? Gurley lit it up.
1: Gurley behind his block, sprinting to the left side, and in! Touchdown, Todd Gurley! Touchdown!
0: And the fearsome defense had another week of shutting down the competition.
1: Suffocating performance by the Rams defense.
0: Now week three, and a primetime battle ahead against the Browns on Sunday night football. Time to get you set with J.B. Long and DeMarco Farr. It's Rams All-Access week three. Hi, this is Sean McVay of your L.A. Rams. This is Rams All-Access. <laughs> Rams All Access is powered by ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Try ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Rams. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Rams.
2: Hi, this is Jared Goff. This is Rams All Access. For
1: the second time in three weeks, the Rams are off to the Eastern Time Zone, looking to continue a trend that's been here throughout the Sean McVay era, winning away from the Coliseum. A league best, 14-3. and on the road, under his leadership, no other team in the National Football League anywhere close. DeMarco Farr, J.B. Long. Uh, the Cleveland Browns at 1-1. One and one. Uh-oh. And this is a Sunday night football opportunity for that fan base for the first time in more than a decade. Should be full tilt in Cleveland.
2: If you want to crown them, then crown them. Is that what Denny Green said? Yeah. You know, Super Bowl contenders, all this sort of stuff about the Browns. It was, you know, outside of Antonio Brown, wasn't it the offseason of the Browns? I think so. Yeah, they got Beckham from New York, so Baker Mayfield had everybody fooled for a while. (laughs) You know what I mean? So this will be fun. I mean, I think the hype will outweigh the contest, if that makes sense.
1: I do. We'll get into the Browns and where they're at at the start of an absolute gauntlet in their schedule and four-down. Territorial breakdown, Uh, the defensive performance so far, and Aaron Donald, is this the week he gets a sack? But I want to start... By getting off to a faster start, specifically the Rams offensively, it's kind of bananas. They haven't trailed yet through two games. Demarco, considering this, three first quarter points combined, one first half touchdown this season, and only 19 first half points hmm. through two weeks. How can they get that right under the lights?
2: Maybe that's it. You were you. We do the coaches show, and Sean McVay was surprisingly short with his answers a lot, right? You picked that up too? Of course. And he, it carried through, uh, to the, to, to the press conference. So I, it makes sense now. Okay. You're, you're, you're slow offensively. You're slow out of the gate, but you're still winning games. So you know how he is. Uh, he only sees the bad parts and the things he needs to work on. So it's good. Yay. You're two and zero. but, uh, that's damning there. You, you have to get better offensively. And these teams that you played have been good. Carolina, at, at one point, was considered a team on the rise. I think it's different now. Um, I think Cleveland, the same way. I think um, whatever you think of Cleveland, they're going to be different on game day. So... It's been tough, but yeah, you, if, if you have designs on getting back to the playoffs, getting back to the NFC Championship game and beyond, you got to be better offensively, and no I, doubt.
1: I do think it starts up front, and we're going to yeah. devote a significant portion of this edition of Rams All-Access to the state of the offensive line, especially because with the injury to Austin Blythe, there's a chance that on Sunday the Rams will have to have a offensive lineman miss a start for the first time due to injury under Sean McVay's leadership. But the slow starts are uncharacteristic in this regard. The Rams led the league in first half scoring in 17 McVay's first season. They ranked second last year in 2018. They have played from in front more than any National Football League team since this head coach was hired.
2: Well, you know, sometimes it's better, I mean, to have to come from behind to win games and, you know, pull a rabbit out of your hat. It just builds character as a football team. It builds that magic, so to speak. But Um, I I would say the slow start is definitely related to the offensive line and the pressure you're getting. And just Jared Goff being a little bit off, he's still trying to figure it out. Mm -hmm. Remember, and I hate to go back to it, but he's still warming into the season, right? He's still taking his live reps. So I think the sharper he gets uh, and the, the better the offensive line starts to protect, we'll start to see those early scores and and puts the other team in a hole early in the game.
1: And there's some symmetry with the Browns. I mean, Baker Mayfield has probably played one average to below average game and then one slightly above average game. I would say the same of Jared Goff. And I think this week is about which team comes alive offensively. Yeah. The most, and and first, because the Browns, in terms of DVOA, 27th in the league in terms of offensive performance so far. They have a minus three turnover differential. Really, the only difference between the two is the fact that the Rams have probably taken slightly better care of the football.
2: I've said this before. I think I even typed it to you or Adam talking about this show. I think Baker Mayfield is either going to get someone killed or get himself killed. And his coach has even come out and says, you can't take hits. Because that's what I'm saying. He's just, I I don't want to say out of control, but... He's he's playing too fast sometimes. Well, you have to pr- protect yeah.
1: the football and no protect doubt. your team. And how do you protect your team? By making sure that their QB1 isn't without you, exactly. like so many other teams across the NFL are right now. So
2: I think Jared improves. I think this may continue for Baker Mayfield. I think that's just the way it's going for him. But we'll see. I mean, but if he's hot, if he's locked in, he's a streaky guy. If he gets on a streak, you're going to have a tough time getting him out. But I, I think the, the process with Jared Goff... Um, Probably around this game, maybe we'll start to see that receiver to quarterback to line start to click and gel.
1: I do think this is the game. I get the sense from watching film this week that the Rams are close and that this is the week where they go nuts offensively. They might put 40 up.
2: The only thing that scares me to the other side, and I'm with you. The, pa- the pass rush is, and the offense. Well, I- just one guy in particular. Miles Garrett. Right, yes. yes.
1: Who might be the leading candidate for defensive player of the year in the league right now.
2: He- he's like Aaron uh, t- to a certain degree. He's an absolute destroyer. No matter how good you think you are, if you can't stop him that day, you got to go to something else.
1: Nonetheless, it is a chance to start 3-0 for the second consecutive season for the Rams. It would mark the first time opening back-to-back season 3-0 since a three-year streak that you were part of. Uh, 99 to 2001, and as if to remind us of that, you brought some <laughs> hardware with you to studio today, DeMarco. Totally
2: by accident. Yeah, uh, we had people in the house doing some painting. I think. I, I think that's what my wife said. So I just, you know, I routinely pack stuff up and I left it in the bag. So uh, this is every piece of hardware I've actually earned in football: uh, three Rose Bowls, a Super Bowl, and an NFL Europe Championship that I'm most proud of because I was a coach then.
1: And if yep. that sounds greedy, then then here's my response: I think if you get this one. The Rams Sunday night. Yeah, you have a chance to get greedy as a fan base, and what I mean by that is Tampa Bay at home. Then division games you know you can win, even though they're two and you know, zero. Seattle, San Francisco, at Atlanta, Bengals in London. I mean, I'm talking about mm. the right to start thinking. What we did last year could be possible again, being unbeaten or and one at the bye.
2: You know, I, I think you're hitting your stride, like you said, at the right time. Now there's some things like with Blythe uh, being injured and out, and Denby stepping in, and even this. Think about this: um, Aaron Donald is the best in the game, but imagine going through two and a half, three quarters without him. In case something happens, and you got Tanzel, Spartan, Michael Brockers in a rotation,
1: because he was dinged up against the yes. Saints too. You're saying,
2: and that makes this is what I mean. Um, it it. The Browns are going to be as good as the Rams make them. So if you're without him, um with Aaron Donald that offensive line is suspect. Without him, they become better that day. You know what I mean? Which makes Mayfield better that day.
1: Well, it makes That's me thi- think it makes me think of the uh, extended preseason game that the Browns won on Monday night against the Jets, the quarterback-less Jets. I mean, they look like a winning NFL team the Browns did, but I think that probably had more to do with their opponent. Yeah. Than, than it did Cleveland. And I think there are skeptics about the Rams still who say, okay, you've beaten a Cam Newton-led Panthers. We know he's a shell of his former self. And you beat the Saints at your place with an unprepared Teddy Bridgewater.
2: Well, let me say this, right? Remember what this game is. What Aaron did to Drew Brees is exactly right. If you knock out the starter, you have a better chance of winning. So let's just throw all that out. You know, I, I think Drew Brees started the game. He just didn't finish. That's good for the Rams' defense. So it, anything can happen in the National Football League. But I, I get where you're coming from. And I think that Monday night game, what did I text you? It was the everyone tackle Le'Veon game. Because mm-hmm. that's all they had after that you knocked out the starter. And pretty much with him, I think that's all you had. But this will be different. Uh, they've got some pieces. So do you. Uh, whoever wins this game is just going to be the better team on game day.
1: One other reason I think the Rams might be poised to break out is I feel like internally they sense an opportunity to right some wrongs on Sunday Night Football. Look, they played on all the big stages, including the Super Bowl. So I don't think there's anything specific to like NBC and Al yeah. Michaels and Sunday Night Football. But when you think about what they did last December, six points at Chicago, Oof. a 30-23 to loss at home to Philadelphia. I just think this is one they would like to get right. Get that taste out of their mouths. Playing in prime time away from home.
2: My, my toes went numb when you said Chicago.
1: Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be warm, eighty degrees, and a chance of rain in Cleveland. Cold, yeah. So so not
2: similar in that regard. Wow, that was cold. But still, but still, that was cold, man. How do you play through that? You know, that might be one I just throw out. Some
1: would argue the Rams did not play through it, and that's where the problem started. But nonetheless, uh, we've got a lot to come on this week three edition of Rams All Access. Injury bug biting Cleveland even worse than Los Angeles. Uh, David Njoku concussed and broke a wrist Monday. He was one of nine Browns who did not practice on Wednesday. We'll get the latest on the state of their injury report when we go inside opponent's territory But coming up next, more on the Rams offense, specifically the offensive line. We'll hear from the head coach. We'll hear from the position coach, Aaron Cromer, and why he's not concerned against one of the fiercest pass rushes in the National Football League. This is ESPN LA 710.
2: Hi, this is Aki Chalib of your L.A. Rams. This is Rams All Access. This is Rams All Access. Doc well-protected, has time
1: to launch. Deep down the left side, looking for Cooks. Over the shoulder, he brought it in!
0: Rams All Access. 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 J.B. Long and DeMarco Farr. ESPN LA 710 and the ESPN app getting you set for week three for our Rams Rams Browns Sunday night football in Cleveland Rams all access is powered by zip recruiter the smartest way to hire
2: it's early in the season uh, we have the utmost confidence in this group they're great guys we, and not only the five that, that have been starting but the backup young guys that are in the room right now um there's a lot of guys that that I haven't been around a group that was this young and that every eyeball, every word you say, they're intentfully listening. And uh, and when you have something like that, you can grow. And our goal is to be at our peak at the end of the season.
1: Aaron Cromer, Rams offensive line coach. Uh, fair to say he doesn't have a finger or a foot anywhere near the panic button, even no. though I think there's cause for concern this week against Miles Garrett in Cleveland.
2: Every time I see him, I think like full bird colonel. You know, like you're going
1: to have to explain that. one. I to just
2: me. I just uh, a guy that commands respect, like you yes. see someone in that military uniform with all the medals and stuff like that. I mean, when he says everything is going to be OK, you believe him. You know, you don't second guess that guy. So, yeah, I, I just uh, love watching him, coach. And he's exactly right. Um, you know, they, they are building to hit their peak at a certain point, And we're not there yet. Now, that doesn't mean he excuses mistakes and doesn't attack problems, so Jamil Denby has to get better. Brian Allen is still learning. Joseph Noteboom, you know, you you got to eat some rusty nail sandwiches. Mm. It's, it's time for you to start getting nasty. You know what I mean? Uh, so, I mean, that that stuff will start to grow. So you expect excellence, but uh, it's a process, and I think he knows that.
1: I just faced a Saints team that leads the National Football League with nine sacks. Cleveland right behind them with eight. Miles Garrett, the biggest part of that and that matchup specifically, especially after seeing Cam Jordan against Rob Havenstein, is one that I want to zoom in on here. And let's bring in the head coach who spoke about his right tackle, who is coming off a career season but has not looked sharp through two weeks. I thought
3: it was two great competitive players going at it, you know, and uh, you know, Cam's the type of player he's going to make a couple of his plays. I know Rob, you know, with the standards that he has for himself, uh, expects him to, to be perfect, and we still have a really, you know, a, a lot of confidence in, in what he can do. feel great about our right tackle position with him, Holding that spot down and I think that was just two great players going back and forth, having some you know some good against one another.
1: You know, on that right side, it's going to be Havenstein and either Blythe at less than 100% or Jameel Denby making the start to Marco.
2: Well, I mean, they're going to pick and choose. If if you have Jameel Denby, just like Cam Jordan did, as soon as Denby came in the game, he switched positions and lined up right over the top, sometimes standing up, uh, coming after him. That's just what you do as a good pass rusher. I think Cam Jordan was, he's great to begin with. He was a little more fired up because Aaron Donald was on the other side. Um, actually, uh, after halftime, they both walked back to the field together just chatting. And it was awesome. It was like watching two lions talk about the land. Um, But it was great. So, I mean, that was there. And I think Rob Havenstein just got caught. You know, uh, he walked into a buzzsaw that day. But Miles Garrett is the same thing, man. Uh, He's a smaller version of Julius Peppers to me, like Julius Peppers 2.0. He he could literally play another skill position. You know, he's that athletic and he's great with his hands. He protects his chest very well. So this will be a full-time job. But If you're Miles Garrett and you're feeling like you can take on the world, I think you pick and choose up and down the line of scrimmage this week.
1: Well... Sometimes against great pass rushers, and Cam Jordan I think was an example of this, DeMarco, you'll say to us in game, you have to make him tackle in the running game, right? Yeah. Neutralize him by making him do what he doesn't want to do, which is play the run and tackle your tailback. Is this another instance? Because Garrett does not have a great run defense group. No,
2: get after him. And we, we I think, was it during the show, the coach's show, or during the breaks? How do you handle guys like this? And you give him traffic. Uh, you, you never let him do what he wants to do. If he's lined up out on the edge, uh, you've got to put somebody out there to the left side of him just just makes him think for a half second just make him go through a lot of people to get to where he needs to go and especially running the football at him a lot to slow him down some but You know, if you're not running effectively and you get into a third and long situation, he's going to make you pay for that. You know what I mean?
1: Well, the other thing that comes to mind is Tyler Higby is cast as the run-blocking tight end Mm -hmm. of the tandem. If he's compromised a bit this week, his status uncertain. How much does that factor into your thinking and game planning?
2: Gerald Everett's going to have to get bigger. He's going to have to get bigger, stronger, faster. Um, You can't be Jared Cook. Is it Cooks or Cooks? Jared Cook? Jared Cook. Uh you can't be a guy that just does one thing at tight end. All I do is catch passes. I'm not don't ask me to block. No, you have to block this week. Yeah. You have to get feisty. You have to stick your nose in there.
1: Well, I mean, they're DVOA 20th against the run defensively, the Browns are, and they've played the Jets, so it's probably even a little bit worse than that because yeah. they are playing a one-dimensional team last week. But to me, it stresses the importance of getting off to a faster start on offense to begin with so that you can hopefully play with the lead and lean on that running game, not put yourself in known passing situations when Garrett, who's already ended one quarterback season and yeah. is coming off a career-high three-sack performance can get after Jared.
2: No doubt. And here's the thing. Um, Steve Wilkes is their defensive coordinator it is a no frills 4-3 you kind of know what's coming so schematically it's not the most complicated defense to figure out now here's the thing that i've gleaned out of their information nine first downs given by penalty on defense
1: okay Okay, at least two of those i think were roughing the passer on garrett because he's been guilty of that too
2: so they're making it harder on themselves you know what i mean Mm -hmm. they're staying on the field longer than they have to so at some point he's going to get their attention and they're going to start playing cleaner football and making you go the hard road, not giving you easy first down. So their, their stats will start to change against the run and they'll be even better rushing the passer. So uh, you're going to get, it's going to be a balanced breakfast with them. And it's not just Miles Garrett. Sheldon Richardson is a first rounder. That's a guy that's big, strong, and he's quick, great for their defense. That's gonna give Denby fits. That's gonna give Noteboon fits.
1: Olivier Vernon, you have to consider too.
2: He's a Gorgon. Do you know what a Gorgon is? No clue. He runs with his arms extended just screaming. He's a monster. <laughs> I'm serious. That's
1: what are the origins of that?
2: That's Greek mythology. That's okay. what he does. He just yells and screams and he comes after you nonstop. So there's a there's a problem there. And I, I hate even trying to say his name, but number sixty five, the nose tackle. I'll let you say it. Larry Ogunjobi. Ogunjobi, yes. He is cat quick in the middle, and he will cross your uh, face in a blink and just blow up your blocking scheme. So it's not just Miles Garrett. This week they're all pretty tough for what you're going to start on game day.
1: All right, so I think we've hit on the offensive line in the trenches against their pass rush pretty thoroughly. Let's get to some other offensive things, including I I just want to talk about the Rams receivers right now because I'm so enamored with them and yeah. their production, whether they're making catches or throwing blocks for each other. It's just been a joy to watch through two weeks with Cooper Cup back in the mix. The three amigos are back together. My question to you is Rams receivers against Browns receivers, who are you taking?
2: Ah, wow. Rams receivers. I think they work better together. Individually, you know, look, you you know what the other guy can do. You can argue for their top two.
1: Between Jarvis and OBJ, I think that would be a tough top two to ignore.
2: Put them on this team. If you put all five together with this trio, two guys are going to the bench. One guy is going to the bench. It's going to be a battle. I'd love to have it. But I'd rather have this collective group. But I'll say this. Their success is actually dependent upon Todd Gurley. If he's slashing early and forcing the defense to adjust, they're going to tear you apart.
1: Okay, so of Gurley, as we wrap up this offensive segment, I texted you this information earlier in the week. I'd like for you to take a swing at explaining this receiving decline. Remember, he was not much of a receiving back under Fisher, became one of the great receiving backs in the league under Sean McVay. Suddenly it's evaporated. First 29 regular season games with Sean, Gurley averaged 47 yards receiving per game. In his last five, including last postseason, he has 13 total receiving yards. What has happened?
2: You know, I said, did the targets go up and down? And you said the targets went down. So They almost have. The, the next question was, whose targets went up? And let's look at that guy. Was there an emergence there? Or were you leaning on certain people? Maybe Robert Woods would would be the guy that would step up and take those extra targets in that football game. But, you know, like. At some point with certain cars, running backs, I I kind of look at them like cars. You take away the off-road tires. You're strictly street. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I I think Todd Gurley's in a situation to where he can no longer be that workhorse, that young workhorse back anymore. You just can't give it to him 35 times and expect him to stay healthy for 16 weeks. It is what it is. Uh, But if you use him in doses, I think week one, it was the closer role. Uh, Week two, you saw it was a little bit earlier, but... He really gets the defense to change when he's starting to run like that. So maybe it's them going away. Maybe it's a part of him being a little bit older. Or maybe Sean McVay is just waiting for everybody, everyone to forget about the Todd Gurley screen. And then out the back door it goes. Well, I will say this.
1: And I sent you the first offensive play of last week against
2: the Saints. Oh.
1: <laughs> if Andrew Whitworth hits his block, Todd Gurley... Could have run it all the way to Santa Monica and I'm not even posing this question and that's why it feels like the Rams might be on the verge. Look, they're falling out of bed and scoring 27 to 30, even though they're not being clean. They might take it from 30 to 40 offensively in terms of point production here in the not too distant future. I sincerely believe that with the way that they are poised to have success against this Browns defense. Rams All Access is brought to you by ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Try ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Rams. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Rams. Next, is this the week that the two-time defending defensive player of the year in the National Football League picks up his first sack of 2019? That's when Rams All Access continues on ESPN LA 710.
0: This is Rams All Access. Getting you set for week three for our Rams. Rams Rams Browns. Browns. Sunday night football in Cleveland as our Rams get set for a return to the Super Bowl. Hi, this is Aaron Donald for the Los Angeles Rams. This is the home of the NFC champ. Who's house? Rams house. Only on ESPN LA 710 in the ESPN
3: app. Hi, this is Todd Gurley of yeah, your LA Rams. This is Rams all access.
2: Rams all access. First and ten. Dave, to snap. Rams with a four-man rush. Joseph in the middle. Teddy Bridgewater tries to escape, but Sebastian Joseph Day with the sack, there he goes with the flex, flex on him, Sebastian Joseph Day, oh wait, but I think there's a flag, Aaron Donald looks confused, I'm confused, we're all confused, what's going on, oh, but it is a face mask, darn it, (laughs) (laughs) T-Bass.
1: No dispute, no dispute, no controversy, no controversy. Uh, that's Rams nose guard, Sebastian Joseph Day on the Rams Revealed Podcast. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud. Uh, had him. that first sack <laughs> negated because of
2: the personal foul face mask on Teddy Bridgewater. JB, watch him. That's the guy you got to watch when he does make a play. Because he goes berserk. He just starts swinging. You know what I mean? He's so happy to make a play. He'll hurt your hand. And
1: that, he, he majored in media studies at yeah. Rutgers, has exposure in the New York and L.A. media markets. He wants to it go there awesome. after his playing career. Um, but
2: I, j- Yeah, I thought that you kept the sack on a personal foul. For years, I statistically, thought that. Yeah, yeah, I thought you kept the sack and they. It was a personal foul, but I, I guess you lose the sack. But in my mind, look, you got there, you wrapped up the quarterback. It was just illegal. So well, that's part that's of the, re- that's a sack.
1: That's part of the reason everyone was down on Clay Matthews last year, right? Is because yeah. he had you know less than four complete sacks, even though he had two or three wiped away by roughing the passer because no you don't get to keep those. Uh, on offense, we said the greatest cause for concern is the line. On defense, can I make the case that right now the only soft spot might be the nose because they had. Uh, Sebastian Joseph Day alone, basically for the opener, fortified him with Greg Gaines in week two. Neither of those have graded out particularly well through two weeks. Trying to replace Indomik and Sue.
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, work in progress. Uh, you know, I th- I think he's coming along just fine. Um, you don't know what you don't know until you're out there, so it's the same. You're going to have to work yourself into to game speed and understanding what an offense is trying to do. There's a lot in there, man. I mean, the quarterback is standing right there, and everything in the run game starts with you. And those blocking schemes. Can get a little technical and tricky about you know who hits you first when they're trying to scoop off you. So yeah, I, I, they're both young, uh, Gaines and Sebastian Joseph Day in there. But yeah, I, I don't think it's really cost you a drive or a series yet. You know what I mean? Um, I think everything that happened with McCaffrey was kind of outside to your left, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, or outside to your right. But for the most part, they're big, they're strong guys, and they're coached well, and they keep the gap the best they best they can. And You know, when it's a passing down, when they recognize it, they can get into a move and get up the field. So, yeah, maybe I'm not as down on them as some people are, if that makes sense.
1: The parade of running back stars continues this week, though. You go McCaffrey, Kamara, and now Chubb. What a gauntlet to start for this Rams defense. Hopefully they can contain him as well as they did Kamara, albeit with a more prepared quarterback at the helm for the Browns this week. And I think that begs the question, how good is this defense really? I mean, we thought it had a chance to be elite. We kind of framed this season with that possibility. But you can discount their production so far because they played a hobbled Cam Newton who might not even go this week in Arizona and obviously knocked out Drew Brees, a first ballot Hall of Famer. So though they're limiting opponents to less than five yards per play, seventh in the league through two games, hmm, is that telling the full story?
2: Uh, I think last year's defense was dynamic when it wanted to be. Um, Uh, A little more Rafa Nadal. This year is more Federer because of Weddle. The one thing we're not going to do is make mistakes.
1: That's it. That's exactly it. The one thing you can't argue with, fewest explosive plays allowed in the NFL. Plays of 20-plus yards, only two through two weeks.
2: And we're going to see how good the other team is. Let's see if you can keep that up for 10, 12 plays at a time, right? I bet most can't. Um, So I think that is definitely the Eric Weddle effect that guy being on this team, that guy being the the last voice you hear before you say ready, break, and turn and face the offense. Um, the adjustments have been awesome. Since week one, since Carolina going into this week, uh, they've got nothing but better. And against the Saints, like you said, no yards after catch, pretty much catch and down. Uh, that was tremendous football on the back end, and the pressure was there too. So, yeah, I, I think that's all been the Eric Weddle effect.
1: We have a little bit more on Weddle and inside the numbers in our final segment of Rams All-Access this evening. But we want to go to our Rams All-Access poll question next. Uh, We asked, which LA Rams first is most likely to happen this Sunday night in Cleveland? Aaron Donald sack, Jared Goff 300-yard throwing performance, or an Eric Weddle interception? Or D, all of the above. 55% of the vote, an Aaron Donald sack to open up his 2019 column. Uh, 34% of the vote had all of the above. 9% for Goff. 2% for Eric Weddle. Uh, As I watched Donald last week, he was everywhere, searching for weak links around that Saints offensive line. Do you think more of the same against the Cleveland Browns, who are good in some areas and weak in others?
2: No doubt. And it's not just him searching for people to rush against. They're moving him around. Uh, so the offensive line has to change their protection schemes. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like J.J. Watt a few years ago, right before Aaron took off. uh, You never knew where J.J. was going to be, and that was by design. Uh, But what you're starting to see is when the offensive line makes a mistake or hesitates or pauses, and you're giving Clay Matthews exactly what he needs and wants, what he's seen before his whole life, things that he beats 100% of the time. You give him that look, he's in on the quarterback. Fowler, too. When you make a mistake, he's in on the quarterback. So, Moving him around helps Aaron Donald, but it also helps everyone else around him.
1: OBJ doesn't have to worry about number 99 too often, but as someone who's regarded as maybe the best athlete in the sport, yeah. he gave it up for Aaron Donald this week.
3: When you guys are facing the two-time um, defensive player of the year like Donald, does that affect everything when it yeah. comes to game planning? I mean, does that affect yeah. every part of the offense? I
1: mean, yeah. There's no way to even go around him.
3: on um, He's probably the best player in the league. He's he's been since he came out and was drafted. um, He's just been that way. He's, if not the best player in the league, one of the most disruptive players I've ever seen. So um, yeah, 99 has to be accounted for. The whole the game plan starts right there.
1: Um, You know, like I said, they have a lot of other stars, a lot of other very very talented great players, but it starts with 99. OBJ right there on Aaron Donald. By the way, did you see that uh, after wearing like $100,000 worth of watches the last couple of weeks, he actually signed an endorsement deal with a watch company this week? Go
2: figure. Yeah, Yeah, that's how that works, huh? Yeah. Interesting. I wonder when the Lee's going to get their cut. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Uh, But back to Donald. Even though no sacks yet, DeMarco, he has created the first pressure on 11 rushes most on the Rams to fight, despite facing double teams 64% of the time. That's according to ESPN's pass rush metrics powered by NFL's next-gen stats.
2: You know, it's funny. I never go into games worrying about receivers for the most part. Seldom. Like, when you got Julio Jones, that does worry me. Um, I, I don't go ship the ship. I don't try to match guys with, with other receivers. I try to destroy your supply line. And I think that's what Wade Phillips does. So, Aaron Donald can control Odell Beckham Jr. without even touching the guy once in the game Hmm. because he's controlling Mayfield. If you get that quarterback to move or put him on the deck, if you make it tough for him to find him down the field, you've controlled both guys with just one guy. So. It's no shock that he would mention Aaron Donald, you know? Uh, you don't get double moves with Aaron. You don't get double moves with this defense right now the way they're rushing the passer.
1: Uh, he mentioned Donald, but his head coach, Freddie Kitchens, mentions the other two who are thriving, winning one-on-ones while Donald is sucking up so much of the
3: oxygen. Well, I mean, it it causes you problems because you can't sit there and help on uh, Aaron the whole day. You know, when you've got two people with the stature that uh, uh, Fowler and, and Matthews has, I mean, if you sleep on them, they're going to get to your quarterback. So, um, you know, it just really it puts a stress on you up front and in the backfield. Wow. Feels like
1: the story of this week, doesn't it? Who can protect yeah. their quarterback best?
2: With that drawl, I just I think summer training and sprints. So think, what? <laughs> when I hear his voice yes. in that drawl, I just think summer training and sprints. Endless sprints. You know what I mean? Like, we're going to be better than them. We're going to out-condition them. But yeah, he's exactly right, man. And uh, this is what we said with Fowler in a contract year and Clay Matthews coming over, who understands how to work with guys like Aaron. If you show that guy that much attention, that means I'm getting single-blocked or I've got a mm-hmm. tight end or a back. That means I have to win, especially if Fowler wants the cash and Clay Matthews wants to go out in the same vein of his father and uncle. So when I get these blocks, I have to win. And
1: his father going into the ring in Cleveland this Sunday at halftime, I believe. So no that'll doubt. be a special night for the Matthews family. Maybe he can cap it with his third sack at as many games.
2: I'm not trying to tell anybody what to do, but you might want to block him with an offensive lineman this week. Don't give him a tight end.
1: Of course, the Browns have something to say about it as well. And four-down territory will ask next, who are they really? Are they the group that put together a 30-point home loss to the titans or the group that mustered a 20-point road win over the jets four down territory after this on ESPN LA 710 getting you set for week three for our rams
0: rams browns sunday night football in cleveland on rams all access pro football is a game this is four down territory
3: the tempo is what bothered me about this football team. Like, so many snaps for their offense were, were happening with the play clock at one or two seconds. Right now, they're in 11 personnel. Three wide receivers, one tight end. They're in the shotgun all the time. Don't lose your identity. And, Greeny, I'll just keep it real, because I've touted this team all offseason. I'm more concerned about the Browns after a week-two win than I was after a week-one loss about this football team.
1: That was ESPN analyst Dan Orlosky on Get Up Tuesday, morning you might remember Dan spent some time with the Rams in training camp under Sean McVay with that we turn our attention to four down territory our weekly trip inside opponents territory Jake Trotter is our guest an NFL Nation reporter covering the Browns and Jake I'm curious do you agree with what Dan just said and if so what's holding this offense back
3: I agree with Dan 100% you know the week one game against Tennessee you could kind of throw away because of the 18 penalties I mean anytime you're first in 25 it seems like every time they had the ball it's hard to really sustained drives but against a you know outmanned Jets team that had a bunch of injuries the fact that they weren't able to really consistently move the ball um, I think is is a big concern and you look at the talent on this team and it's hard to figure out why they're unable to really find much rhythm
1: well it's only going to get more difficult uh, among the injury news this week for the Browns David Njoku concussed and broke a wrist reportedly Monday how much does that hurt this Browns offense?
3: Well, it hurts a lot because, you know, you just heard Dan talking about uh, 11 personnel. That's their base offense, which is three wide and one tight end. And and David is the tight end in in those formations. And his ability to block and both be a threat in the passing game is a lot of what, you know, makes that work on paper. You know, they brought in Demetrius Harris from Kansas City, and he'll have a chance to fill that role. But, um, you know, it could force them to make some adjustments, whether that's, different personnel groupings, potentially more four wide sets, Um, you know, whatever it is, without Njoku out there, uh, their offense is going to look a lot different. They're going to have to make a lot of adjustments on the fly here.
1: Jake Trotter is our guest. He covers the Browns, an NFL Nation reporter, and this is 4 Down Territory, our weekly trip inside opponents' territory. Question number three, Jake, I look at the schedule upcoming for the Browns. They're currently 1-1. and Their next five games are all against opponents 2-0 and so far this season. Three of them are on the road. What do you think is a reasonable record for Cleveland by the end of October? That's when they get back from their trip to New England.
3: Yeah, it's tough. I mean, it, it's not unthinkable that this team could be an underdog. Really, you know, going through that game against New England on the road after uh, the bye week. I mean, I, I think if they can, you know, just kind of hover around five hundred, they would probably feel pretty good. Um, but again, you know, if they don't beat the Rams on Sunday, be, it's going to begin to get very difficult to find enough wins on the schedule to pencil them into the playoffs. So. Uh, this would be a huge victory if they can get it against a team that I think is a litmus, litmus test for where they are and where they want to be.
1: Last thing for me, Jake, first Sunday night game in Cleveland since 2001, having never been there. What kind of atmosphere should we expect with the Browns at 1-1 one and one and having this primetime opportunity?
3: Well, I think it's going to be uh, a sphere. You know, it was that way in the opener against Tennessee, uh, the Browns went right down the field and scored, and then the fan base had nothing to cheer about after that and left the game basically, you know, with nine or ten minutes to go in the fourth quarter. So I think after the Monday night win, I think that the crowd is going to be there early. I think they're going to be fired up, and it's going to be a tough environment for the Rams to be in.
1: We appreciate the perspective, Jake. Have a great rest of your week. We'll see you Sunday nights. Sounds great. All right, Jake Trotter, an NFL Nation reporter covering the Browns. That was Four Down Territory, and Rams All Access is brought to you by Zip Recruiter. The smartest way to hire. Try ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Rams. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Rams. Continuing with a national champion and a Super Bowl champion who has his rings in the house today, DeMarco Farr. I'm J.B. Long and our producer, Adam Bronstein, who is preparing for a gender reveal tomorrow. Good luck to you and your wife. Can't wait to hear the good news, Adam. How are we doing
2: it? What are you doing? We're going to get A football him exploding here. football or what? Let him
1: pot himself Something up.
2: Something fun. Come Join on.
3: Us. No, no, no. We're just doing a cake and having friends and family and food and booze and everything on a Friday night
2: nice congratulations welcome say goodbye to sleep
1: (laughs) so Adam is about to find out who his son or daughter is and we are about to find out who the Cleveland Browns actually are DeMarco how about this they're just the second team in the last 25 seasons to lose their first game by 30 or more and win their second by 20 or more the other team to do it Go figure, the 2003 Patriots who would go on to win the Super Bowl. Uh, so I'm not really sure what to expect, as we heard from Jake, in terms of the Browns' opponent on the field under the light Sunday.
2: Forget the way they played. It was uh, the great Frank Gans, was our special teams coach during that Super Bowl run. And you can always, you can't prepare for what a team, or the teams can't prepare for what we were. Uh, they can only prepare for what we're going to be, and they don't know that. So forget what you know about the Browns. Just expect the best football team they could possibly offer on game day, because that's probably probably what's going to happen. They've got a number one pick in the drafted quarterback. They've got a, a workhorse running back. They've got Miles Garrett, just like you've got Aaron Donald. So, and they've got a couple of elite receivers that can get behind you. So They've got enough to win. If they ever figure this thing out, if they ever stop hurting themselves and making mistakes, they are going to be a Super Bowl contender. They are going to be a problem in the AFC. But uh, we'll see if that happens on game day. I always expect the best out of teams when you face them.
1: Well, as soon as the Rams get on the postgame bus, they're going to become the biggest Browns fans in the world because you look at the upcoming schedule that we talked about with Jake. Uh, the Browns go to Baltimore the following week, but then they travel to San Francisco to open the month of October and host the Seattle Seahawks on October 13th. So the wow. Rams are going to want the best of the Browns moving forward because of who else they play on the schedule. No
2: doubt. Can, just going left for a hot minute, I actually believe L- Lamar Jackson can keep this up at least for a year. Oh, I
1: totally agree. The way
2: they play him and how he plays.
1: I mean, getting Greg Roman was a sneaky smart hire to put him together with Lamar after he helped Kaepernick to
2: some of his most productive seasons. You've seen him in press conferences, right? You've seen the size of his neck. That's not the average quarterback. That's a guy that's built to take it at that spot. So, I mean... I think they're going to be for real for as long as he lasts. Um, Seattle, I think, is, like you said, they're, they're circling. And this is the scary Seattle because we're not talking about them. And the next thing you know, they're in your face, and they're better than what you think. And they're physical, and they beat you up for two weeks.
1: I oh, will know a whole lot yeah. more after they host the Saints this weekend. We'll also get into that Pittsburgh-San Francisco matchup in our final segment as we go around the division. Uh, but how much do you think history plays into what the Browns are dealing with right now in Cleveland? Because you started the show by saying they were the off-season champions, right? Now with this five-game gauntlet looming, there's probably some doubt. There's probably some question marks about whether or not they can... Can actually snap this long playoff postseason drought.
2: Okay, so let's just jump to Sunday, and let's say the Rams have a stinker, and the Browns wind up pounding them. All that goes away, and then all that hype comes back. You know what I mean? And that that next three games, or those that that gauntlet that we just talked about, looks completely different because of how they played against a two and 0 football team. So we never know. Um, you know, I, I remember we we started the show saying the first four weeks was going to be rough. Remember for the Rams? Absolutely. For the Rams. I-
1: yeah, I went as far as to say two and two or one and three, even if you played well. So
2: here you are, at two and two, and you've got a seemingly vulnerable Brown squad next. So you could possibly get to three and zero. So you never actually know. It just depends on how you play on game day. And going back to Sean McVay, being a little tighter with the media. There's some issues here. Um, I wouldn't say Rome is burning, but there's some issues that you have to deal with. Stuff he hasn't dealt with before. So let's see how you handle that on game day.
1: 11 consecutive losing seasons for the Browns. The team hasn't posted a winning record since 2007. That's some of the history they're trying to overcome as they host Sunday night football for the first time since 2000. One will be there in Cleveland to face the Browns in Week Three. Before we go tonight, we're going to take a look around the division, plus inside the numbers with a statistic on Eric Weddle that could bode well for Sunday. Stay with us. You're listening to ESPN LA 710.
0: There's all access. GB Log went to Marco Far only on ESPN LA 710 in the ESPN. time for a look around the division
1: for week three let's start around the division with the 0 two panthers with or likely without cam newton going to arizona 0-1 and one arizona cardinals uh kyler murray became the second quarterback in nfl history to throw for 300 plus in each of his first two career games demarco is this the week he gets in the win column
2: with Cam, I'll say Panthers win. Without Cam, I, I think this is Arizona's game. Um, there's a lot to live up to. When you've got, like you said, with Cam Jordan facing Aaron Donald, that's how they think. You saw a different Cam Jordan or better. Same thing with Kyler Murray. If he's facing Cam Newton on the other side, there's going to be a different Kyler Murray. Without him, you may he may be the best player on the field. You know what I mean? So, depends on what Cam you get, again.
1: Newton did not practice today, and Field Yates notes this. Kyle Allen... Uh, in position to return to his home state of Arizona, face the team quarterback by Murray, who he won the starting job over at Texas A&M in 2015 before both eventually transferred. That's the backstory leading into week three. The guy
2: that he beat Kyler Murray out... That's the guy that may start against him on Sunday? Mm-hmm. Okay, for, forget what I said. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll Yeah, I'll, No, no, I'll take Arizona if, if Cam Newton doesn't play.
1: They would be the final yeah. NFC West team to get a win. The other two teams are 2-0. Let's go to Seattle, where the Saints are expected to play two quarterbacks against Pete Carroll's group trying to start 3-0 and under his leadership for the second time. The other time they did it was 2013 when they won a Super Bowl.
2: And that game's up there? Up there. In Seattle? With that crowd noise. Seeking
1: their fourth straight home win against the Saints.
2: Am I crazy? Uh, You take Seattle. I think you do. Even with Drew Brees, I might take Seattle. I think you do, but I am
1: intrigued by Taysom Hill, who has been pegged by his head coach as the next Steve Young, and what two quarterbacks might look like against that Seattle defense.
2: The next Steve Young. Is that what he said? Mm-hmm. Okay. How many next Michael Jordans have there been? <laughs> you know? Okay, we'll see. But I'll, I'm taking Seattle. Taking Seattle against the two-quarterback system of the Saints. Kind
1: of a uh, can't lose proposition there if you're a Rams fan right? right
2: right uh you know I'm New Orleans is good I mean I think they have a chance to be great with Breeze but with those other two and if you're trying to figure it out there I think you're in the mix with a lot of others that crowd noise with Russell Wilson I'll take Seattle Drew
1: Breeze with surgery this week likewise for Big Ben the 0-2 Steelers with Mason Rudolph taking over going to Levi San Francisco unbeaten through two weeks they have yet to play a home game
2: San Francisco is going to win this game
1: you think they're going to 3-0 and
2: yeah um with Roethlisberger, it's a battle, but I I would take Pittsburgh. Without him, I don't know who they are, what's their identity. I'm not even sure if they know.
1: A 49er seeking their first 3-0 start since 1998. Man, how fun would those division games be upcoming if Seattle and San Francisco are right there neck and neck with the Rams atop the division?
2: This takes me back to the night you just won a battle with the Saints, a heated battle, that was fun. And then you got San Francisco, who's also good in the division. This... This is a Rams fans dream, the way this division is shaping up.
1: All right, Rams All Access brought to you by Zip Recruiter, the smartest way to hire. Try Zip Recruiter for free. Just go to ziprecruiter.com slash Rams. That's ziprecruiter.com slash Rams. Got a small handful of inside the numbers for you to finish, DeMarco. I want to start with OBJ, who we've touched on and heard from already in this edition of Rams All Access. And he had a max speed of 21.7 miles per hour in his return to New York, the fastest any player has run scoring a touchdown this season. I'm not sure was even his most impressive play. The one-hander along the sideline probably was. I can't wait to see him in person. When we have previously, it was when he was with a Giants team that just wasn't clicking offensively, didn't have the quarterback play necessarily. Now he's got it in Baker in Cleveland.
2: I want to see him have one of those days where he starts headbutting the the, the net, the punter's net, <laughs> because you're just not giving him what he wants, and and Mayfield's under pressure, and the offense isn't clicking. And Just like Cam Newton up in Carolina, he's going to be the first guy that pouts if it's not going well. Well, OBJ is the same – is it OBJ? Mm -hmm. Yeah, is the same way. When it starts to falter, he'll start to let you know that he's frustrated. But if you let him get in the rhythm – Good luck. You see how fast he is.
1: Been a quiet start to the season for the Rams' corners, hasn't it? to leave Marcus Peters, Nikhil Roby Coleman. That could change this week when you're faced with OBJ and also Landry.
2: You know, I don't mind quiet. Uh, funny. I, no, yeah,
1: quiet in a good way. A yeah, I, very good
2: way. I heard this, and this makes sense, where we're talking about Marcus Peters. And he said, remember, his first play in the league was a pick. So you think about that. <laughs> it's like, Where do
1: you go from there? Exactly. Mm-hmm. So
2: it's a work in progress. So I kind of like the fact that your corners are quiet. That means they're playing disciplined ball.
1: The safeties have not been. Raps the real deal, isn't he? Before I get
2: to Weddle, I promise you a Weddle nugget. But Raps the real deal. You know, and I, I like the Rams' safeties. Definitely versus Cleveland's tight ends. Go man. I, I, rap versus anybody you have coming out of that, you know, that line of scrimmage. So yeah, he's been he's been playing great ball. From
1: playing in that division, Eric Weddle's got a wealth of experience against the Browns. He has four career interceptions against them in just eight games. His last interception as a pro was also December the seventeenth of two thousand seventeen at Cleveland. So maybe Eric Weddle snaps his pick drought. Coming up on Sunday Night Football.
2: He's the, like, uh, what do they always say? The the top five guys always end up at the, the final table at the World Series of Poker? He just knows more about football than most quarterbacks he's playing against. So eventually, he's going to lock on and figure out something you're staring down and step right in front, and he's got the ball.
1: And I'll finish with Brandon Cooks, who is averaging nearly 20 yards before the catch. Far and away the most among NFL receivers. Obviously, the big ball over the top on third down on the first drive from Jared Goff plays into that. But he also caught that quick slant from the one to balance out that oh. average. My point with Brandon is that catch, that play he made, might have led all of our conversation had it not been for what cooper cup did rumbling through the middle
2: well your question from three four weeks ago about three thousand thousand yard receivers one guy's gonna have to do a lot with a little and it seems to be that guy you know what I mean so I do. it's all working out ready for prime time let's get it man
1: let's go to Cleveland yeah. we'll talk to you on Sunday night Rams and Browns in week three thanks for listening to Rams all access on ESPNLA 710